This is the Outlander Club, a rebel scum podcast. Everyone has a story. Here are those Star Wars stories. Don't forget to join us on Patreon for exclusive bonus content and early access. Here's your host, James Razile. Oh, I'm telling you, it's going to be great. When have I ever steered you wrong? Joining me today is one of the most positive Star Wars podcasters out there. He hosts a podcast with his sons called Tatooine Sons. Like I said, it's extremely positive and gives a unique perspective hearing a father discuss the franchise, the saga, with his two boys. It is a great show, a great podcast. Tatooine Sons, listen to it wherever you can. Today's Outlander Club features me talking with David Jesse from Tatooine Sons. Leave that to me. And joining me now is David Jesse from the Tatooine Sons podcast. How are you doing? What's up? It's good to be here. Awesome talking to uh, all the Rebel Scums out there. Yeah, thanks so much for joining me here on the Outlander Club portion of the Rebel Scum podcast. I can't wait. I wanted to talk to you for a yeah. while about Star Wars because you are a, a little bit of a fan. Like, you're just, just learning. You're just learning Star Wars. You just got into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was like two years old when the original trilogy came out and all I can remember from my childhood is Star Wars. So, yeah. um, and I'm not going to say that my childhood was ruined by anything. So it was awesome because of Star Wars. So, yeah, well, thankfully it wasn't ru- ruined by, it, but your adulthood was probably made a little bit better by, it, especially in the form of a pork, but we'll get into that. Yeah. Turbis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Turbis, the pork cannon. Can't believe you got to change all your merch. That must've been annoying. <laughs> it was, you know, it was probably the funnest six hours of of, the, of that day was going in there. People were like, where do we go to shirts? I'm like, oh, crap, I got to do shirts now, so let's fix them. So, yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. Do it all. We will get to Turbis in, in a little bit. But before we get started, well, before we get to that, while we get started, uh, you were two, you said, when the OT came out. That's what we all call it, the OT. So when was the first time you saw Star Wars? Was it A New Hope? Was it Empire? Was it Jedi? Well, now it depends on how you define seeing Star Wars. If you're talking about like purely seeing it in a movie theater, it wasn't until my birthday in 1997 when the special edition first came out. Oh. Um, but as far as Star Wars going, um, I think my earliest recollection of anything Star Wars related is being probably three or maybe four years old, and it was on HBO. And it was one of those movies that HBO got that they played over and over and over again because it was like the prime movie that, that everybody wanted to watch. So I literally probably watched that thing 30 or 40 times just over and over again on HBO as a little boy um, trying to see it. And that's when I fell in love with Star Wars. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it was nuts. I remember... All my friends going to see my family never went to movies when I was a little kid. That was just not our thing. And um, and interestingly, the first movie that I ever saw in the movie theater was my dad thought it would be cool to take us to go see Star Trek, the motion picture on Christmas Day, which um, uh, in the movie theater, I'm four years old in 1979 watching Star Trek. And, and that was cr- that was weird. Uh, but anyway, um yeah, and I kept trying to figure out how it connected with Luke Skywalker because at four years old, Star Trek, Star Wars, what's the difference, right? Uh, it didn't make any connection. Um, my, my friends, though, all went and saw Empire Strikes Back together as a group, and I wasn't able to go. And I remember then, you know, we think about spoilers now and how we can't, we like mutant 
notifications and mute words on Twitter and everything to keep from spoilers. I'm sitting in the backyard with my friends and we've got these, you know, the Kenner action figures that we're all playing with. And I have no idea what the Empire story is. And they're not telling me because they don't want to ruin the I am your father. Oh, amazing. And, and so then it comes out on HBO and they're like, come on, we're coming to that. You're, you're coming over to the house. And they're all watching me watch that moment. And I'm like, no, you know, freaking out at like five, six years old, uh, watching this, trying to, to figure out if it's true. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So that was, you know, playing Star Wars for me as a little kid was, yeah, we watched all the movies, but it was um, library books um as a little kid reading you know like the 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 movie picture books um where they would have like all the descriptions of the story and like big the big you know like 14 inch hardback books you know what i'm talking about um with that reading through those the stories that way um seeing it on hbo seeing it on vhs um sort of losing some interest in star wars after we stopped playing in the backyard you know, we had the, uh, it was fun. Our backyards, we had Transformers, G.I. Joe, uh, Star Wars, uh, the mask figures, all those. And there was just one big giant battle. Um, that was everything that we were playing with our stories. Um, I remember as a little kid, um, everybody talking about this Anakin Skywalker, but nobody wanting to tell me who he was. Um, and I remember we decided he was going to be Luke Skywalker's twin brother uh, <laughs> while we were playing lightsabers and stuff in our backyard, which we had no idea at the time that the twin was actually going to happen yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in Return of the Jedi. Um, so, you know, we, we, we did that. And that, w that was it for me, was Star Wars. You know, that was growing up until, uh, you know, the early 90s when I got into the books and things like that. Did you ever have so. the old, the 35s, those the records, the little ones with the books that were like, when R2 makes a sure. bloop bloop, turn the page. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how I learned how that, to read. That was Star Wars yeah. for me. Like I said, you know, I mean, I saw, I remember watching Star Wars on TV, TV a lot um, when it, whenever it was on. Um, but then, you know, we didn't have VH, VHS. We didn't have any of that stuff growing up. And so uh, it was the books. It was the records like you're talking about. And then it was just playing it, playing with it. Uh, like but, but the saddest Star Wars story I have from my childhood was my fifth birthday. My mom got me one of the tall, the big um, uh, dolls of Luke Skywalker. You know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about, yeah. the big oh, tall yeah. And I took it to school and... I, I'm convinced to this day somebody stole it. I may have just lost it as like a six-year-old kid that shouldn't have taken it to school. But I'm convinced to this day that somebody stole that doll from me. And I I like that. I think about it every time I see one of those action figures, one of those tall ones. Yeah. I think about losing that. Oh, so. That's heartbreaking. So. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was devastating. Was that, would that be, if I were to ask you right now, which... Uh, which figure, place, that whatever is the one that would take you back the most that you look you look at the most fondly? Would that be the one now because of that instance? You think it was that, and then I remember buying a Boba Fett during Return of the Jedi wow. and thinking how absolutely awesome it was to own a Boba Fett figure and how cool that was. Those two things um, are really uh, memories. So, so con connecting that to to where we are now. Uh, we were at Mile High Comics, which is the world's largest comic book store. It's got 100, 
uh, it's like a hundred thousand square feet or something. It's got like 10 million comics. It's in Denver. And we were there and they've got a bunch of star Wars uh, comics and, and memorabilia and collectibles. And we were walking by and they had one of those Luke Skywalker dolls. And it was like, <laughs> same amount and my wife I'm like standing there just staring at it and I'm like contemplating how I can justify buying this thing and my wife's like come on we're leaving you know? <laughs> <laughs> but then on top of that you know the bold effect Samuel my oldest son um, had his um, he graduated from high school last May and for his uh, one of his gifts for as a senior is I got him a 1979 uh, Boba Fett action wow. figure with a and all of that. So it's been fun to see how that all that came full circle. That's so cool. So after you're done with playing with that and in the books, you learned how to read. You don't need those records anymore. You moved on now. Right, right. I, the special editions have not hit yet. It's not your birthday yet. In between there, did you read sure. any of the books or were you kind of, was Star Wars just in the rear view mirror and you weren't really looking back at it for that time? I, I You know, I just was for a long time unaware that there was an expanded universe and so not knowing that that was out there you're con you know i'm thinking the movies are done and i didn't know that they were going to be coming out with anything new and so i remember going to walden books in the mall uh to pick up a copy i must have been i don't know 15 or 16 years old um, um i walked to the mall and i go to the science fiction and fantasy section to pick up a copy of the hobbit and i see this whole massive like three shelves of Star Wars books. And I just, I literally just sat down on the floor for like an hour and just read the back covers of every, I'm like, I did not know any of this exists. And so I'm standing there and I'm making a decision. Okay, I'm buying The Hobbit because I have to have that for something at school. And and uh, uh, I'm holding in my hand two different Star Wars novels and I'm, the first one is Truce at Bakura because yeah. it's taking place literally like weeks or something following Return of exactly, the Jedi. So I'm yeah. thinking, well, this is the, the next story that I want, right? And I'm reading it and it sounds pretty interesting and I never bought that one. The other one I'm looking at is Heir to the Empire. And I made the decision to get Heir to the Empire with Timothy. So I must have been older than that. I, I, get, I don't know, what, time, what year did Heir to the Empire come out? It was like 92, I want to uh, say. Yeah, so I was a bit like a senior in high school um, with that. So I was 16 probably because I started school a little early. So yeah, I'm sitting there and I'm reading that and I bought Heir to the Empire and went home and I like read it straight through Ugh. all night long. Timothy's on, loved it, found out that there were two more, ended up getting those. Um, and then, you know, it was it was some of the audio dramas. I remember um, getting some of the, I, I ended up getting going back and getting Heir to the Empire as an audio book. Um, and it was cool because it was Dennis Lawson that narrates that oh, nice uh, wedge Antilles. Yeah, and cool. so uh that was pretty cool and then um some of the dark for uh dark forces or the the dark empire that's it the dark empire comics they had they had created audio dramas of those as well and so i picked up some audio dramas of the dark empire series and some of the the craziness that went on with that and and you know the clone luke and and all of that and and then and then you know i moved on it was college time it was time to move on with with my life and and i never i always wanted to buy more stuff and read more stuff and i just never did um and then i guess we were my christy and i were engaged and that was probably the next big star wars thing for me we were engaged we were living in alabama and we went to some movie um and they showed a trailer for a special edition of new hope and i could not believe it was coming back to the theaters 
And we were joking before we went uh, started recording, but my wife absolutely can't stand uh, Star Wars. Um, <laughs> she has has no interest in it uh, whatsoever. The only interest she has in it right now is the fact that she better talk about something Star Wars related, or her family won't talk with her about anything. <laughs> um, and so that's unfortunate. Um, but. Uh, so for my birthday, it was coming out uh, that it was released, you know, because that's just before Thursday evening releases and any of that kind of stuff went on. And it was coming out on my birthday, A New Hope. And so that's, that's what she bought me for my birthday. We went and saw A New Hope Special Edition. And I loved it. You know, everybody likes to throw things under the bus now with the prequels and Last Jedi and sequel trilogy and special editions. And it's sort of become a hobby of criticizing anything Star Wars related. Um, but I loved seeing Jabba the Hutt in there. I loved seeing Boba Fett in it. I loved, you know, instead of it being like three or four X-Wings, there's 30 or 40 X-Wings flying across the screen and the colorization was better. And I had purchased um, the VHS of the original uh, versions. I had purchased the the three pack uh, that's so famous about that with Darth Vader on the box and, and all that. And so I had that, but seeing this, in the theaters was absolutely amazing. And then to think that they were coming out the next month with Empire and the month after that uh, with Return of the Jedi, um, it was it was pretty special. And at the time I had no idea that the prequels were being uh, were being made. And so they said, did they show a trailer uh, or like a, a teaser or something like that uh, announcement uh, thing during the, the special editions about the prequels? I can't remember. I don't remember that either. I feel like that would have really stood out in my mind. I think, I don't think yeah. so. I think it was just, that first we'll get to that first phantom menace trailer that broke the first thing to ever break the internet and that's yeah, because the exactly. internet barely worked anyway so it was, right. it was like that did you see all of the the special editions in the theater oh yeah opening nights Absolutely. or did you wait yeah. some did you wait a opening bit? nights yeah. went, to, went to opening nights for all three of them and again that's it that's star wars is over you know yeah. you've had a chance to see that um i, I was actually selling websites um, to businesses and so internet was like a really big deal in my life uh, when when the Phantom Menace broke the internet and I thought that was cool. you were just uh, like my job's like, done there's no internet <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was I remember sitting there with dial up trying to get that thing to work <laughs> that was, oh. um, on this yeah on this crazy thing out there what was it YouTube no I don't think that was out I yet, think it was so. just on QuickTime uh, wasn't it where you had to go to like yeah. apple.com and then you scroll down and they had these the good, yeah. the good old days. It's loading. Let's go for a walk. Get some dinner. We'll exactly. come back. We'll watch it tomorrow night. <laughs> exactly. That's how it was. Exactly. I agree with you though. Jabba the Hutt in A New Hope. I I love that. I don't care. Han walks over the tail. He doesn't look that. I don't care. It's Jabba's in A New Hope. Whatever. I'm fine with all of that. Exactly. Now, do you remember where you were when you found out that there were going to be prequels? I'm trying to remember specifically where I was. Um, yeah, I can't remember the exact uh, situation. It was like, it was in this weird period of life where I was having to be an adult for the first time and I had just gotten married and, and life was like taking on this whole new uh, uh, dimension um, at the time. And so I remember, I remember seeing the trailer. I, I remember hearing about it going, we saw, was it the uh, Benjamin, what was the, Meet Joe Meet Black. Joe Black, yeah. The, that was the, I remember Christy and I went and saw Micho Black. I'm not sure if that was because she wanted to see that or because I talked her into it. Um, because it had the Phantom Menace trailer uh, in front of it. But seeing you know seeing Jedi function like you always dreamed Jedi would function, even in the trailer, uh, you 
the scenes on Naboo uh, with the battle droids and the massive armies and and all of that, it was, uh, yeah, it definitely reawakened my love for Star Wars um, in a really, really powerful way to think that we were going to get three more. And then, you know, you have the Internet. And so at this point, I'm all over the Internet, scouring, trying to find out anything. You know, I remembered hearing at some point that they had talked about uh, Lucas's original view uh, uh, desire was to do a prequel and then a sequel. So I'm trying to find any information as to whether or not that's still in the plans to do a sequel trilogy and <laughs> and all of that. Uh, digging in with it and everything, it was it was a lot of fun. So it was it was great. And you know, Meet Joe Black was it was like a three hour movie. Still less time to watch that movie than to download the Phantom. <laughs> <Astro> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a good time. So you're excited for Phantom Menace, obviously. Did you see it opening night? Did you wait a couple of days? And what were your initial thoughts of it? Because like you said, it was cool seeing the Jedi do what we all wanted Jedi to do. But, you know, these movies, they have caught a lot of flack over the years, especially when it was released. You know, I uh, I went with my buddy Matt Weisgerber. Uh, I remember, like, in detail that that evening. It was, it was opening night. Um, I went to work and could not think all day. Um, could not focus on work whatsoever um, throughout the entire day because I knew that we were going that night. Um, and we went to Zaxby's and got chicken and then went to the Phantom Menace and waited in line and got in there and had great seats. And I just remember sitting there the whole time. I loved it. I loved everything about it. Um, the moment when probably the great, the, the moment that stood out for me more than anything was the moment when Anakin first comes on the Naboo, uh, ship and meets Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'm just sitting there thinking, holy crap, we're literally seeing this moment. Um, and, and trying to figure out, and of course, Darth Maul uh, was phenomenal. Um, seeing, you know, Qui-Gon and Kenobi battling this Sith and trying to figure out who's going to win. And then, of course, you have the the infamous moment where, where Qui-Gon is, is killed and sacrifices himself to save you know just to do the right thing there's really not there's some when i look back like i said earlier when, before we started recording i just watched the prequels this weekend with my boys and there's holes in it now looking back there's plot holes there's things that could be better right but i don't remember walking out of the theater with anything but a, just a huge smile on my face so excited having watched um a Star Wars movie, trying to figure out how I was going to get um, get back and see it again. I actually forced my wife to go see it the next night with me. Uh, it's like the uh, I think it's one of the only movies she saw in uh, Star Wars, uh, the prequels. It's the only one she saw in the theater. Um, and we went and saw it, and I talked her into it because of Jar Jar. So thank God for Jar Jar Binks. Um, <laughs> That's the first um, time she, anyone's ever said that. <laughs> no, and it's funny because we were talking about doing our rewatch uh earlier last week uh for the uh, skywalker uh, saga you know doing the one through nine rewatch before episode nine comes out or one through eight rewatch, some craft thing she was doing at somebody's house yesterday on saturday and uh she, i'm like yeah we can watch one and two then and she's like one is that the one with jar jar binks and i'm like well yeah she's like well let's watch that one friday night and then you guys can watch two and three on saturday i'm like score that's amazing yes. <laughs> So we watched we watched uh, that with her the other night, and she's like, she, "It's so funny because we talk about this all the time, and we feel like everybody should know this stuff because you, yeah, and you do too. Like right? you know, you know so much about Star Wars that you forget that there's 
the vast majority of humanity has no clue yeah. uh, about most of this stuff. And she's sitting there and the opening crawl talks about the chancellor sending the, these, these Jedi ambassadors. And then we see Darth Sidious um, in a hologram talking to the Nemodians really early on in this. And my and Christie's like, wait a second. That is the chancellor. He didn't, he sent them. She's trying to connect the dots because she doesn't realize there's that he isn't chancellor. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's, she knows just enough to, to be confused um, at this point, but it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I love that. And then let's see attack of the clones. Uh, I guess it was what about three years between. Yep, three years. Uh, so it's 99, uh, 2002 and 2005, right? So 2002, um, I was managing a Chick-fil-A restaurant in Colorado or in uh, Alabama. And, uh, the owner operator of the restaurant knew the, the, uh, the management of the movie theater that was, we were all going to go see it at. And so we're standing there in line for the midnight showing and it's like 10 o'clock, right? And we don't, you know, it's going to be two hours before the movie starts, an hour and a half, I think, before they were going to let us in. And all of a sudden, the uh, the owner op- operator of the Chick-fil-A I was managing came up to me. And he's like, come here and bring your friend. And uh, they let us in the back door uh, to the theater. And then we got into the theater. Nobody else is in there. They're like, pick whichever seat you want. We got our seats. They were like, they brought us popcorn and drinks. And so I'm sitting there, you know, like getting the VIP treatment, uh, before seeing attack of the clones. What was your thoughts? You said that you, now you said before we were recording, you were talking about attack of the clones. It was like the big, big one that stands as far as like, um, the uh you see you go into the theater and stuff like the preview the attack of the clones was the big one for you right yeah that that one i saw i was in college and they had a lot of group friends in college who loved star wars so we all went midnight back then it was midnight there was no 7 p.m the night before it was always you got to go midnight yeah and uh yeah that was and i remember that was the first star wars movie i mean it was only the second well i mean i saw the special editions but i walked down i was a little disappointed and it took me a while to realize I was more disappointed in the fact that I knew what was happening without oh, seeing it. Oh, that's right. And, uh, and I saw it again with my parents, and I liked it so much more at the next. My parents loved it. My parents are weird. They love the prequels. And uh, I saw it again with them, and, and they were like, that was so good. And I was like, yeah, but – and they're like, well, I don't know what you're talking about because they didn't know what was happening. And then when I – and then when, obviously I got it on DVD. And, uh, yeah, and, it's, and now that's the one that – for whatever reason, even with this new Disney era, I'm like, I feel like watching Star Wars. And it's always, I feel like watching it, for better or worse, I feel like watching Attack of the Clones. And uh, I love my That's Ewoks. Cool. I love Jar Jar. You know, I love Finn. And, I, you know, I love Rogue One. And I love that solo poster behind you. But for some reason, Attack of the Clones, Zam Wessel gets me every time. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. You know, um, Interestingly, I guess I was spoiled too when I went to see the movie of Attack of the Clones and uh, Revenge of the Sith, but it was for completely different reasons. It had nothing to do with like spoilers on the internet. Back then, the novelizations, I see you, you know, I'm looking at your screen, you got the novelization of The Phantom Menace sitting there. I got all three of them. Um, the, the novelizations came out on Tuesday. Yeah. Before the movie, the movie came then, out. Yeah. And so both Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, I bought the novelizations the day that they came out and like read them like crazy. And I think that's probably one of the reasons that I liked attack of the clones 
uh, so much when I saw it the first time was because I already knew the storyline, but there's so much more depth in the novelization yeah. that fleshes out the relationship between Anakin and Padme. It wasn't sort of the just the cringe moments that we all kind of make fun of. My kids were like, every time a scene came on during the prequels the last uh, two days, they were like tell talking about the meme uh, that's associated with that line or that sentence anywhere throughout the, in any one of the three movies um, with it. And, and it, there was none of that because the, the depth of the story was greater. The relationship with her family, um, the, the relationship with Obi-Wan and and Anakin in the uh, Revenge of the Sith novelization is heartbreaking when you get uh, to the end. And so I was spoiled with both of them. And I think that's one of the reasons I I, I knew what I, was going to happen going in. But I absolutely loved the stories. Um, uh, uh, the day after Attack of the Clones came out, um, I called up uh, uh, a couple that were really close with my wife and I. And of course, my wife had no desire to go see any Star Wars movie, but they're big Star Wars fans. And so I remember being in the theater with them watching. I wanted to see their reaction the next day when we watched it. I watched it the second time. I wanted to see their reaction to Yoda uh, battling Dooku at the end. Because when we saw it the first night, I don't know if it was like this in your theater. People make fun of it now and some people criticize it. But I loved it. I thought yeah. it was awesome. It was Yoda as I always I thought Yoda should be. And so it, it, it burst into a, like a standing ovation the opening night when we were, when we saw it in our theater. Um, and I'm sitting there watching these guys watch it again the next day for the first time and wanting to see their reaction. And it reminds me a lot of, of my friends watching my reaction to the, I am your father moment, uh, waiting to see what's going to happen and that kind of thing. Uh, I, I just watch it. He walks in with that, you know, limps in yeah. with this cane, like he's all old and all, uh, and they're like, Oh, what's going to happen? You can tell. And then all of a sudden they're just clapping and laughing and cheering and, and all this other stuff. It was so much fun. I loved that. Um, I think Dooku was, was, uh, the, was fleshed out a lot better in the novelization as well of attack of the clones. So, yeah, I know uh, and then, and then I think that I was like trying to really go down the rabbit hole of spoilers between two and three. Um, and I kept finding these websites that were speculating about Kenobi um, and his relationship with Anakin and Padme. And there were some crazy theories that are still out there today about like Kenobi had some type of a relationship yeah. with Padme which is what causes Anakin to, uh, to lose uh, faith in Kenobi and all this. And, and uh, of course that doesn't really happen in the, in the books, but uh, trying to remember, uh, I went, I had to, I could not get tickets uh, to our local theater for attack for revenge of the Sith opening night. It was sold out by the time I went to go get tickets. So I drove 45 minutes to the only theater that I could find. I kept calling. Do you have any tickets? Do you have any tickets? Do you have any tickets? And um, I, I it was before Fandango. I guess it's hard to believe that we lived before the internet um, <laughs> so like true. We took over everything in our lives. Um, you know, our kids like wonder what the, what's going on. Like somebody the other day, I, I, I do a, a sales training and I did sales training for some inside sales reps. And, uh, you know, we're talking about hangups, you know, when somebody, somebody hangs up on you and this like 20 something year old kid asked, what does that mean? <laughs> And I'm like, well, that means that they like hang up the phone. Yeah, I know, but why do you use the word hang up? Why do we say that? And it's because he didn't understand the way old phones work, where you literally <laughs> hung the receiver on there. And he was, he was like, I'm like, oh well, back when I, when I was a little kid, uh, we had these phones, you know. Yeah, anyway. So um, yeah, so I drove across town and I got tickets and uh, and saw that my I had, let's see, that was 2005. So both of my kids were born by the time that happened. My oldest Sam was. 
three or four. Sam was four and um, had not cared at all about Star Wars um, at this point. It was Transformers. That was the only thing that mattered in his world. Um, and then my youngest was like just a th- three, four months old. So, um, so I no excuse going... not to love Star Wars already. Just no excuse. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it was actually fun how they got involved. We'll talk about that, yeah. I'm sure. But um, the, um, let's see, I drove, I watched it all by myself, uh, 45 minutes away. And then I felt guilty uh, for going that far to go watch a Star Wars movie. <laughs> Um, cause we didn't have the money for gas and all that at the time. And, and I did it anyway. And I gave up like a, a, a Thursday evening, an entire Thursday evening to go do all that and to get home to like four in the morning and, and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, so on the way home, I stopped by the only 24 hour, uh, Walmart in the area that, that we went to. And I went to the toy section and I bought my oldest cause my youngest, I knew wouldn't care. Um, but I bought my oldest, I bought Sam, a Kit Fisto, oh. um, action figure. And cause I thought that's a cool looking character, yeah. you know, and I gave it to him the next morning and he was like, I don't like it. I was so mad. You know, you do, you, you know, I don't like, so I'm it. like I, 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 I'm not, I'm not, it was not a good dad moment, uh, for me. <laughs> a, you're one grateful little kid. He's four years old. You know, I'm shooting him out. Of you're you're moving out. Yeah. I love, Kit, right. I love Kit Fisto. I want to get, my wife's allergic to cats. I want to get a cat though and name my cat Kit Fisto. I really think that that would go over well and they might, uh, cure her allergy. Hmm? You just go cat. Cat Fisto. Fisto. We're good. There we go. <laughs> so, we'll do it. Uh, do you have, let's see. I know which one it is cause you told me, but of the prequels, do you have, uh, which one is your favorite and why? Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's got to be Revenge of the Sith. Um, originally, it was my favorite because, like I said earlier, I'd read the novelization and the story between Kenobi and Anakin in the novelization. It's played out really well on Revenge of the Sith, um, but it was so much more informed by the novelization that I absolutely just was gripped by uh, two moments that always grabbed me every time I watch it, even yesterday, um, as we watched it again, uh, is the last time, um, Kenobi and Anakin, um, see each other before Anakin turns to the dark side. So it's, um, they're walking through the Jedi temple and Anakin, or excuse me, Kenobi is getting ready to go to Utapau, uh, to go, uh, try to capture, um, or, or defeat Grievous and they're they're standing there and he's in the ship and they're like may the force be with you and they both say it and knowing what's going to happen in the story when I saw that on the on the big screen I just I'm like told, I, I know people around me are like what the heck is wrong with this dude this isn't a sad moment I'm like crying I got tears coming down my face because I know that that's the last time that they're going to see each other um um, and then, of course, the I, you were my brother, you were the chosen one stuff at the end um, was just powerful. Um, that novelization is, is fantastic. Um, so without a doubt, Revenge of the Sith is the best prequel. I think uh, Revenge of the Sith, the novelization is probably the best Star Wars novel. Maybe The Last Jedi was really good, but it might be the best. It was good. My, Revenge of the Sith, though, I think is... I don't think people give it enough credit because it is a prequel and, you know, with the movies and whatnot. And, but no, it's a great novel. It's a great read. Oh yeah, and the and the the um, 
that that relationship is is front and center throughout everything that they do. They're the, the entire the way that the novel is written is just it's just brilliant. It's yeah. it's fantastic. If, it's, uh, if people haven't read it, that's one that they need to get on. Absolutely. So we'll just Star Wars is gone now. We've had Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. It's gone. How how did your life evolve from there? Did, did you say you again know, uh, no more? It, it, we moved um, within just a few months after uh, Revenge of the Sith came out all the way across the country and I started a new business and and moved on with my life um, and never thought we'd see Star Wars on the big screen again. Um, I kind of always hoped that they would do something like a re-release with 3D, but never uh, that didn't happen. Um, and uh, let's see, we got really big into uh, the MCU um, when it started. So that was, I guess, 2009 is when, when that happened. My sons really loved that stuff, the Iron yeah. Man and, and uh, the, the sort of phase one of that. We were really, really into that, into every aspect of it. Um, and they did not like Star Wars. I, I, no matter how much I, they just thought I was dad's weird old, you know, and I would force, and probably there's an element that's, that's my fault with that because it would be like, it's my birthday. We're watching all six of them. And they're like, seven, <laughs> you know, like four or whatever. And they're like, they, you're sitting still for 30 minutes is hard. No, you're staying in here. It's my birthday. You have to. Right. And so we're sitting in this, in the, in you know, the living room watching 18, I know uh, 12 hours of, uh, or more 13, 14 hours worth of star Wars movies, um, with it. Uh, and they, they hated it. Uh, it was so funny. I tried to get them into Clone Wars. I remember going to see that was the first movie that the Star Wars that they uh, went to, which was kind of hard uh, for me because, you know, the, the the movie, the theatrical Clone Wars, um, it, it was it was really hard to, to take in. It was different. Yes. Um, um, and and so that that was rough. They loved they loved that. And so I thought we could get them into the Clone Wars, but we. Uh, we just we kept losing track of the episodes and trying to find the format. That was I think that's a big. I don't criticize much that Lucasfilm has done with Star Wars. Um, I'm a pretty pretty easygoing fan, um, but releasing that in an episodic format on TV versus a chronological format was weird. Yeah, we do a show. To- we do a show for our patrons about the called Cloning Around, which we just rewatch the Clone Wars and we're doing it chronological. And I'm, and every time they're like. I, I don't why was it released and I don't get it like like I just I, I don't know where they, what their focus was when they started it it was almost like yeah we'll just tell a bunch of stories and then eventually they're like wait we got and then they found their footing a bit but yeah it's kind of it is a little bit bizarre yeah it's all over the board and yeah. so it's hard to figure out you know what's going on we come from a world where series are chronological and everything is building on top of each other and this one wasn't and it wasn't yeah. making sense so we'd lose focus and we'd be we i remember sitting with them you know they're little but trying to figure out did we miss an episode yeah. uh, trying to understand what was going on uh in a story and so we lost interest in it um and and that was you know that that was the way it was then they made the announcement about lucasfilm uh, and being bought by disney and uh that reawakened everything for me i guess that was what 2012 yeah. Um, and then they announced the new movies that were going to be coming out. I got excited about that. The boys didn't really get excited about any of it. Um, we actually, I was working with a nonprofit and we went on tour, 
uh, in an RV all across the country for six months. And so we didn't have regular TV. So it was like we would we would hack into to Wi-Fi wherever we could do it, wherever we were parking the RV, whatever park we were at. We'd access the Wi-Fi and watch stuff on Netflix. Um, and so we got some Clone Wars in that way, and that helped us a little bit with it. Um, and we tried to watch some Rebels. Um, but again, we were struggling with figure. That was a harder one for us to get into once at the beginning. Uh, it's become our favorite of all the animated series um, since then. But they were struggling with getting into that. And then we got back off the road, and it was right about now of uh, 2014, I guess, when that first trailer for The Force Awakens came out. Thanksgiving uh, weekend, I think is what it was. Black Friday. Yeah, Black Friday. I just got out of, I was at the gym because I work out a lot. And uh, I just remember I went on, I was walking to my car, freezing cold because, you know, Canada. And I I was like, (laughs) and it's just like, what? And I plugged in my aux cable in my car and I watched that thing. So where were you when you saw that first teaser trailer? We we had rented out our house. So we didn't, we were basically homeless. We were staying at my in-law's house for Thanksgiving um, with it. And it was, I got up really early that morning for something. I don't know, Black Friday, I don't know. Uh, and I saw that the notification came through. And if you don't, if, if you remember, there was a lot of fake videos being released like three or four days yeah. building up to that. People saying, you know, the trailer's out and all this crap, right? And so I see one of these notifications come up on YouTube and I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but but I start to watch it and you see Finn pop up and <sighs> and uh, it was real. And so I pause it and I rewind it to the beginning and I wake up Sam and Nate because I'm like, this is like a once, you're, you're going to see a Star Wars trailer for the first time <laughs> once in your life, yeah, it's right? True. And so I'm like, you're going to watch this with me whether or not. <laughs> and they're, and again, they don't like Star Wars at this point. It's sort of a thing that they're like, they, they, they humor their dad with. Um, and so they get up, you know, wiping the crust out of their eyes and all that stuff. And I remember sitting in the living room on my stupid little iPhone, um, watching this video and they're just mesmerized. And, uh, um, you know, Kylo Ren with that, that cross guard lightsaber that's flickering crazy and, and, uh, the snow with Finn holding the blue lightsaber and all the speculation. And we get done watching it. And this is like the first time I could see the light bulb went off that this is star Wars, uh, with those boys. And they were like, let's watch it again. Dad. And so we round it. And then we just like talked about star Wars the rest of that day. Um, and that was like the first time that I could see that they may be getting into this, um, um, with me. And so, um, you know, in the buildup for The Force Awakens, um, we got we started to try to really engage with some of the animation, Clone Wars um, and Rebels and, and some of that stuff. Um, I remember we started with Rebels and then I mean, they bought I made them for Father's Day that year. Buy me season one. And they liked it. We watched it. It was great. Um, and then I was like looking in the store at the cover art for season two and there's Maul is freaking standing on the cover art. Like talk about a spoiler, um, with this, I'm like, how the heck is Maul in rebels? He's dead. Right. So I'm on the internet trying to figure out how this happens. And they're like clone wars. Everything, everything keeps saying clone wars. So I'm like, we've, we can't get season two yet. We've got to go watch all of the, (laughs) so we're like all for like, we're watching like seven or eight episodes a day on the weekends, trying to get caught up uh, 
with the Clone Wars. And and then that's when I found out that they were released in episodic order versus chronological. And so I went on StarWars.com where they had the list of the chronological order. Yeah. And I'm like, we're going to watch it in this order. And we're like, okay, wait, wait. We're in season one, but now we're in season three. And then we're in season one again in season two. And so we're, we're going all over. Our Netflix is trying to figure out what the heck we're doing because uh, we're skipping all around um, with it. We watched all of it all over again. And they'll watch season two of Rebels. Um and uh, then the tickets went on sale for, for Force Awakens. We got opening night. And I, like I said, I'm totally spoiled uh, for the movie, even though I don't know. And I said that earlier um, when we were talking beforehand. I, I knew all the spoilers with it, but they didn't. And they were really excited to go see a Star Wars movie. And that was, that was probably the most uh, important thing for me. And we're sitting in the movie theater, and it gets done. And they're just jaws on the floor they, they they the same way i felt about star wars when i was their age was how they were feeling about star wars in that moment and uh we went and saw it again the next night and the night after that and they they went there they were like mom you've got to come with us and of course when little kids ask their mom to or you know teenage kids uh go ask their mom to go to a star wars movie she goes and of course she doesn't care if i'd ask her but um <laughs> she went she went along with it um and then um, let's see. So that was 2015. 2016 is Rogue One. Right before Rogue One came out, I interviewed. I was living. We were living here in Colorado. I interviewed to work with a nonprofit in California. And Samuel, my oldest, though he was still in high school, was getting um, had had tested into a program that allowed him to basically go to college concurrently um, with his high school enrollment, and they were paying for it. Uh, the high school was paying for his college and he was only a sophomore in high school. And so we couldn't pull him out. So we knew I was going to have to move to California about six months before they were. And, and I was going to have to live there by myself. And that was pretty hard uh, for the entire family, of course, but I was going to be really rough. And so we've always made the decision that gifts like around Christmas and birthday and stuff are generally going to be less about getting them stuff and more about um, investing in experiences um, so that because you memories you keep with you uh, you know your, your Xbox is going to break down but if you go uh, to, to something amazing that there's, there's great memories that's that stays with you for the lifetime and our you know that, that was always what we just decided to do so I found out that the 40th anniversary of Star Wars um, was going to be highlighted at this thing called Star Wars Celebration that I had never heard of uh, or and uh, so I, I said to my wife, I'm like, let's uh, you fly them down because my oldest was 16, so he can fly by himself, or you know that he can like lead him and his little brother uh, on airplanes and airports. I said, you fly them down to Orlando, I'll fly down to Orlando for that weekend, and let let me take them to Star Wars Celebration for that entire weekend. We had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. We had never heard of it, never seen it. We had no idea about like lining up the night before for panels or any of that stuff. So we get there the night before and the next morning is the 40th anniversary of star Wars panel. And I'm like, let's see if we can get there earlier. I want to make sure we get seats. So we get there at like 6am and you're like, there's no way you're even getting into the main theater. Uh, at that point, people were lining up all night. We ended up getting into the theater the whole weekend, uh, was absolutely amazing. We, by then they're big rebels fans. Um, at this point, that was one of the things that happened when we were in California. Uh, or when I was in California and they were here. Um, we had watched a lot of Rebels, like I mentioned earlier, together. But that season three um, was airing a lot. You know, that was when it was actually airing um, on Disney. And we would watch 
see every episode at the same time. Um, in, I was in California and they were in Colorado. We'd watch them together and then we'd get on the phone and we'd talk about the episode. And that happened every single week. And so Rebels was a huge deal uh, for us. In fact, I actually flew out for my birthday. It was the weekend of Twin Sons um, the, the, with Kenobi and, uh, and Maul, that famous episode. And we watched that actually together. And it was just, it, that was, that, that's become our favorite episode probably because we were together for it, um, as much as anything, although it's a great episode. Um, so we actually did get into the main stage for the rebels panel. We learned enough in three days uh, to do that. <laughs> uh, literally. Yeah. And we are like thinking we have to get there like three in the morning for it. That was the one panel where if you, you could just basically walk in at seven o'clock that morning and start getting a seat for, we didn't know that. Um, well, I got we there. Had... I, I think I still got there around six and I got, I didn't get in the main panel. I was in the secondary one. So, really? you still okay, had so to get, yeah, it was easier to get got... in, but it was still, it was still difficult because it was, we made the decision not to, to – we were like, we got a room. We're staying in our room. We, and then it's like, man, like those posters behind you, I always look at them and I'm like – Well, that one's fun because that was interesting for us because we got into the secondary theater, not the main stage for that. But I was convinced I was going to get us in there for the Last Jedi trailer. Yeah. And so we're at a hotel like a mile and a half away. Um, I get up at like 10 uh, or midnight. We like, I sleep for two hours. I get up at midnight. I tell Sam, lock the doors. I'll call you, call me with anything. I'll, I'm going to go get in line and then we'll figure out if I have to Uber you over here or whatever, um, what, what we need to do when it's time to line up. And so I get to the, to the convention center and I get to the doors and there's nobody lined up because everybody was inside. inside. Right. Yeah. And they had started lining up at 4 p.m. and I didn't know it. So again, I'm, I'm getting schooled for this thing. I'm sitting there. I'm literally sitting there thinking, I am the first in line. <laughs> I am the first in line. And then all, and then the security starts explaining that there's thousands of people inside. And I'm like, I'm so disappointed. And then people start lining up. And there's like thousands of people lining up behind us at about four in the morning. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to get Sam and Nathan because I'm not going to have them walk through Orlando yeah. in the middle of the night um, with it. And the people in line with me, they're like, where, you know, I tell them about my sons. So they're like, where are they? I'm like, they're at the hotel. And they're like, do you want to go get them and we'll hold your place in line? <laughs> That's cool. Um, and they were really cool about it. So, um, yeah, we got that poster and, and uh, saw that panel. That was pretty cool. Um, but that's that's where the podcast idea started. Yeah. Was in line for The Last Jedi. Um, because Dominic Jones, another good, you know, Canada, Canada guy, Toronto guy, uh, Dominic Jones from the Star Wars Underworld, um, came up to Sam while I was taking Nathan to go get something for us to eat and started talking to Sam about his experiences at Celebration. And, uh, they had this really great conversation. And so Dominic says, I think I'd like to have you come on our show. We're going to do an episode uh, about you know fans' first experiences at Star Wars Celebration, and this you know you 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 know you're well spoken, so much better than his dad. Um, you're well spoken, and uh, and you've got a unique perspective. So I think I'd love to have you come on. And so he writes down his email address for Sam and tells Sam to reach out to him after Celebration. So Sam, you know, we're like the night after Celebration ends. Sam's like trying to craft this really perfect email and he's like dad what should i say and we're like coaching him on it and he sends it and he never hears back from him he follows up like a month later never hears back from him and he honestly sam is a little ticked off uh, <laughs> about the whole thing and so he's like 
we just need to do our own podcast or our own YouTube show or something. And so we started a YouTube show and it was a complete disaster and it was so much more effort for us than we could handle. Um, and we were terrible, uh, terrible, terrible. It was a terrible show. I'm um, sure it's still it. better than half the crap that's on YouTube. Don't even feel bad about it. I'm sure it was awesome. Well, you know, at least we don't, we didn't make up some Star Wars stuff uh, for it. So, <laughs> you know, there's a difference. It was actually based in fact. So, <laughs> that was uh, your problem. <laughs> Exactly. This episode's um, going to be called "Why Ray and Kylo's Force Baby Is Going to Save the World." That's what... <laughs> well, you know, I heard Baby Yoda is actually that baby. Yes. So, um, <laughs> making that spoiler alert. Um, no, so uh, we stopped doing the show. And we're like, let's try to figure out a way to make this happen, and we decided we're going to do a podcast, and that's where the whole podcast thing came from. Um, was was Star Wars Celebration in Orlando in 2017? Um, so yeah, so so you weren't in the main room but you were in the second room so for people that don't know there's the room where all the actors and the filmmakers come out and then they have like one or two other rooms where you it, i don't really i haven't been in i've only for rebels so rebels like overflow rooms yeah they're overflow so rooms. orlando it was really now we were we were so fortunate in so in uh, chicago we made main stage for everything on the lottery it was like we were smart i guess it's the <laughs> disney show thing oh yeah um, that's true so no you know, they, they got it. We made main stage for literally everything we wanted, um, which was amazing. So I didn't see any of the overflow there. But in Orlando, they had this theater. It was really beautiful. Um, it was like with a balcony and and everything like that. Um, it was just a gorgeous theater with a stage and, and all that. And Warwick Davis was the host for that yeah. theater. And, he's so um, good. He's so, he was a blast. And so, you know, you're seeing, you're literally just watching the stream on this big screen, but you're still with a couple thousand other, uh, you know, yeah. rabid star Wars fans. And so watching the trailer and everybody freaking out and then watching it again and, and all of that, that was, um, that was pretty amazing. Interestingly enough, that same theater was where Anthony Daniels did his 40 years of three PO panel that oh, year. Nice. And, uh, you know, that was one of the things when we saw the schedule, we we're like, we got to go to that. And so that was also for us costume day. So I'm wearing, you know, a pretty traditional Star Wars cosplay Jedi costume and and all of that, which is easy for me to get along, you know, get around the show floor with. Yeah. Um, but Sam and Nate decided to get Samuel got, you know, those those dinosaur inflatable costumes. Oh, yeah. They've got a job of the hut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he gets the job of the hut. <laughs> So he's wearing that around the entire show floor and, try, and trying to get into the theater uh, with this. And Nate had a BB-8 costume, a big one uh, like that. And so we get into the theater and what's the guy that does um, the, 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 the hype? Oh, um, uh, I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of Is that his name? Yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. So he's doing this this hype up moment where he's asking questions and he's looking for droids in the audience before the 40 years of 3PO panel, obviously, droids, right? And we're in the balcony and I've got Nate in this big inflatable thing trying to move along the front row of the balcony to find a seat um, that he can fit in on an <laughs> aisle or whatever. And, uh, and, and Mark's running around looking for droids and all of a sudden you just hear him stop in the middle of a sentence and he's like, hey, BB-8! Like that, and it's it's everybody looks up into the balcony and they see it. They they pull him down and have him sit on the uh, to come sit so on the stage. Cool. You know they do bring everybody up on the stage. Yeah, yeah. So they bring him up stage, and then they're like, uh, Mark's like, hey, you can you know you can go sit down on the front. Are you here with anybody else? 
right? And Samuel's in the back in his job of the hut, right? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm with job of the hut back there. And uh, he looks and everybody starts laughing about the inflatable job of the hut too. And he's like, is that your wife? And I'm like, oh God, no, that's my son. And he brings him up on stage. No way. And so then he's like, well, you could come up on stage too. So all three of us are up there. And so we were talking before about the special editions and how much I love job of the hut in there. And you were talking about walking over the tail. Well, it's really funny because Warwick Davis um, comes out on stage to do his hosting thing and he sees Sam and he's like, can we reenact the Han Solo scene from uh, <laughs> the special edition? So he pretends to be job or um, Han Solo and he steps over his tail and has me and all that. It was so, that is so uh, cool. Yeah. So that, that was, that was it. So we start the show. So get back the next December, get back to the podcast. We start um, December 1st. Um, we decided to go live. Uh, which was crazy. First time we'd ever done a podcast and we're going to do it and live. live. Uh, That's... <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm just stupid when it comes to that. And it's like 30 minutes before. And I'm like, I, so I was working with a nonprofit and I was doing a podcast with them. So I kind of knew how to do podcasts at least. And um, I had, I had left the mic at the office. And so it's 30 minutes before we had told all these people that we were going to go live and I have no microphone. I'm looking all over the house for the microphone. And I'm like, come on, let's go. We hop in the car. I drive like 10 minutes to my office as fast as I can. I unlock it and turn off the alarms and go in and find it and come back out and lock it up, plug it back in. And literally we're like, all right, let's go. And let's start the show. So we did um, We did the show. And that. I mean, that was kind of the fun thing. And that's all we ever thought was going to happen for us with Star Wars was we were going to have some fun sitting around our kitchen table with a microphone geeking out about something that we all were loving um, with it. And then things kind of took a, a crazy turn um, in January. So this is, you know, we were, we loved the last Jedi um, that I, I, I mentioned to you earlier. This is my last Jedi is my favorite of all the star Wars movies. I love the reality that every single um, character of any significance in this film fails in their mission, their primary purpose in the field, the film, they fail, which I think is a, a really powerful lesson for me with, you know, having two sons, instead of teaching them that life's all about, it's all going to work out. You know, life is going to be a lot about failure, um, but it's about not giving up. And so I've used, this has become such a powerful uh, story for us. We loved this movie and we were living about an hour, hour and a half South, depending on the traffic, uh, South of LA. Um, and, Collider, um, you know, Collider Video and, and their news page and page and all that announced that they were going to be doing a screening of The Last Jedi at IMAX headquarters. Um, and they were going to have a Q&A with Ryan Johnson afterwards. And it was a, a lottery pick or, or actually uh, uh, Stephen Weintraub, um, who's one of the, the heads of, of Collider, was going to pick the the. Uh, the people from the that, that submitted their applications to be in the audience for it. And you had to fill out an application with like an essay and everything as to why they should invite you to come out and, and all of this. We found out later that 1500 people had submitted essays. They only had 150 total seats. Um, so 75 people were going to be selected to bring one person with them. And uh, what was really fun was that because we were such big fans of the last Jedi at a time when so much on social media was just completely destroying it. People knew where we stood on this movie. And I said, I tagged Clyder and tagged Steven Weintraub in a tweet saying we submitted our application. We'd love to participate. And people just jumped on it. 
and people that did like The Last Jedi started kind of going after them and encouraging them to invite us. And when we got the invitation, uh, um, really kind of fun dad, dad moment for us. Um, you know, there's three of us, and they only give us two seats. Um, with it and so we had to figure out who wasn't going to come with us Uh, and my oldest was like well you know Nathan needs to go dad I know you have to go because the ticket was given to you to stay home and and do some let's just get him in the car and take him and see if we can get him in Um, and so my wife drove her car separately all the way up from Temecula to LA in rush hour traffic um, in LA just in case my son couldn't get in to take him home. Um, wow. and then we get in the line, exactly in the line and there's this lady that's by herself. And so we ask her if she has her plus one and she's like, no, this person backed out. And so we explained what was going on and she's like, yeah, he could be my plus one. And so Sam got in, uh, for it and we loved it. And it was so much fun. You know, the movie was cool. Then the Q and a happens and I, I've got a marketing background. So I understand the importance of like hoarding attention and taking advantage of opportunities like that. So the first question I'm like, my hand is in the air and I ask the absolutely most absurd and stupid question. I ask whether I'm the first person that's called on and I ask, um, they ask me if, I asked Ryan what the name of the the Porg or what the, uh, if Chewie actually ate the Porg on the Millennium. Uh, uh, great question right and he's like no he didn't need it and it was it was kind of stupid and fun so about 45 minutes later i look at my at my youngest nathan and he is a, such an introvert um like he's great on the podcast but getting in a crowd he like he clams up and he doesn't want to talk he's he's you know nervous in that situation and i look over at him and I'm, and he's like he's got tears coming down his cheeks and I'm like dude what is your problem like we're at, we are at IMAX headquarters <laughs> watching the last Jedi with Ryan Johnson sitting right there I'm like you know scolding him dad of the year moment again right um, and he, I'm like what is your problem he's like I have a question I want to ask and I'm like so ask it he's like I'm scared and I'm like well either you're gonna ask the, get over your fear and ask the question or stop your crying. Because you're not going to sit there and ruin the rest of the night because you don't feel, I mean, again, like, you know, maybe my dad, my parenting style isn't the greatest. But, <laughs> but, uh, but what was really cool was then Stephen, a few minutes later, says, uh, Stephen Weintraub was hosting it. Um, and he's like, we're going to ask questions for about five more minutes. So if you have a question you've been waiting to ask, now's your chance. You have to ask it now. And I look over at Nathan. I just glance at him. And he's got fire in his eyes. And, uh, and, he, and Stephen stops and Nathan's hand goes straight up. And, uh, and Stephen points right at him and he asks, what's the name of the Porg on the Millennium Falcon? And you see this Ryan Johnson getting this sort of that grin that he gets when you see him in interviews and stuff where he like he knows what he's about to do is probably going to get him in a little bit yeah. of trouble, but he's cool with it. Um, he's like, I don't know. What's the name? What do you want to call him? Um, and I'm like, yeah, what are you going to say now, kid, is what I'm thinking, because I didn't know that he had. Been <laughs> um he and, and, and Sam had talked about it the night before. They had thought the whole thing through. They said, okay, if we get to ask him a question, what are you going to ask? And it was the question, the question that Nate asked, what's the name of the Porg on the Millennium Falcon? But they literally thought the next step, what if Ryan says something like, uh, what do you think his name is or something like that? 
and they had decided to name him. It's a Tuckerization, very classic Star Wars element of, of our dog. Our dog's name is Buster. And they flipped the <laughs> syllables of our dog's name and made Turbis. So he had this all prepared in his head. So Ryan asks him, and he says, maybe Turbis? And then Ryan points to the camera and, and says, hey, Pablo, obviously referring to Pablo Hidalgo. Uh, he says, hey, Pablo, um, that porg's name is now Turbis. Um, uh, that's a great Star Wars name. And the whole place erupts in applause. And Ryan, you know, has us come and, and spend time with him afterwards. And he writes down the name and says, I'm going to talk to Pablo about it and, and all of this stuff. And we're like, go home and people are writing articles about it. And, and it's this really cool thing. And it's, it's sort of what elevated our podcast where anybody even heard of us um, before, which was awesome. But then we never hear anything. Yeah. And it goes, it goes seven months of complete radio silence from everybody associated. And I'm like, Ryan got in so much trouble. Uh, you know, this is never going to happen, but we kind of hope. And then we run in and try to, I'll shorten the story as much as I can now. Uh, we, we go to San Diego Comic-Con and have a meetup with a bunch of other content creators. Um, that was initiated by Steel Saunders from Steel Wars Podcast. And we're there and Matt Martin comes in. And I'll, I know who Matt Martin is because I'm the one that's active on Twitter yeah. um, for our for our show. But Sam and Nate, I keep them off of Twitter because of some of the grace, you know, grossness that goes on. I think that's that. a that's that's a good idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so I see Matt come in, and I'm like, you know who that is? And they're like, no. I'm like, that's Matt Martin from Lucasfilm Story Group. And they're like, oh wow, that's pretty cool. I'm like, yeah, go give them a Turbis sticker. We had stickers made up that said hashtag Make Turbis Cannon. We were wearing our Make Turbis Cannon T-shirts, and I'm like, so go go tell them, go talk to them about Turbis. And so they do. They go up and they talk to him and they show him the video. And, and he's so gracious. He's awesome, right? Um, and then at the end, he says, well, you know what? If we could find a way to make it happen naturally in a story, I don't see why we couldn't do it. Um, and we're like, holy crap, this is going on. And then again, it goes radio silence uh, for months and months and months until this past August or actually July. Uh, July, IDW announces the Journey to the Rise of Skywalker comic series, the Star Wars 27, 8, and 9, uh, Star Wars Adventures uh, 27, 8, 28, and 29. And it's about Chewie on Kashyyyk. And on the cover art that they uh, released with the announcement, uh, there's a porg on Chewbacca's shoulder. So I reach out to Matt Martin. I was real careful. I, he was pretty awesome. He would interact with us through some DMs and stuff, but um, but I was pretty careful not to message him too much. But I it, I messaged him. I'm like, is there any chance that that porg that's with Chewbacca might be Turbis? And he's like, I didn't even know there's a porg in that story. <laughs> and uh, like, yeah. And he's like, no, I don't think that they're planning on naming it. I'm sorry. So then I do a little 24-hour mini blitz where I attack uh, on Twitter. I attack uh, John Barber and Derek Charm and like send them the video of Nathan asking Ryan and saying how awesome it would be for them to include it. And and don't they don't like the tweets. They don't respond. They don't do anything. <laughs> um, and then a month later, I get a message from from Matt, and he says, uh, "Well, I just submitted Turbis's name to a writer. Um, you know, it's completely up to him what happens." Um, but I want you to know that if, you know, I, I'm doing what I can on my end. That's cool. And then it was awesome. Then about a month later, he says, you guys should probably catch, uh, pick up 20, uh, Star Wars Adventures 27 when it comes out in October. Uh, 
And so then I'm freaking out, right? Because I'm like, Did, am I misunderstanding? Am I, you know, because he hasn't actually said it's going to happen yet. And so um, we're like, I'm trying to find any way to get him to actually say that it's being named. And he's not responding on any of that. And then I'm at work on October 23rd. It comes out October 30th. October 23rd, my phone starts blowing up because StarWars.com did a big announcement that day about that comic. Yeah. And they mentioned Turbis. And uh, I, I've, I, it's, it's been, we've been pitching ourselves ever since. The new one comes out in a, in a little bit. Well, what, so it's been fun. So what were your, your sons? Uh, what happened to them? Like, How did they react when they got the news? Yeah. Um, well, see, I, I mean, I'm at work and I, it takes me a couple of minutes to get the, like enough presence of mind to, to stop freaking oh, yeah. out and, and try to call them. I mean, I, I literally was like, didn't know what to do um, when I'm reading it. And then, and so I, I call them and my oldest uh, was in college, so he couldn't respond. And my youngest was taking care of some dogs uh, for some families. And so he wasn't responding. Um, and it was like another like t 24 hours before I actually got to see them because of some stuff that was going on with work and all this other stuff. Um, 24 hours before I could actually see them and we did it. And it's so funny because Sam was the, has always been the cynic, my oldest, um, where he's like afraid to say it could happen. And so he's been saying all along, it's not going to happen, dad. Just calm down. It's not going to happen. And he was losing his mind when, we, when it actually got announced. Amazing. When I finally see him, he's like freaking out. Yeah, and my youngest, you know, the one that actually – you know, named him. Um, I, I I call him finally. I'm like, what do you think, man? I finally get a hold of him. I'm like, what do you think? It's awesome. Turbis is official, and they announced it. It's so cool. And he's like, yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, but that's just his personality. Yeah, he's that's just yeah, cool. Yeah, that's cool. cool. His like favorite thing to say on any podcast is like, yeah, that's really interesting. And so, um, you know, that that's that's just who he is, but. Uh, it's been so much fun, and and of course, then for our uh, our our hundredth episode, we were able to actually have uh, which act, which aired on December twentieth, the day the Rise of Skywalker uh, hit theaters officially. Um, we were actually able to have Matt Martin as our special guest uh, on that. That was fun. We had to get you know Lucasfilm publicity had to actually approve it and all this. It was so much fun to to actually go through official channels for something like that. It was cool. Um, but he came on and he sort of told us his side of the story when it comes to how it happened, uh, which was awesome. And then, and then of course, for that episode, the, the things that Star Wars has done uh, or that we've been able to be a part of because of Star Wars has been amazing. Another person that's on that that episode is Paul Hirsch, uh, who's the uh, who is the lead editor for the original Star Wars 1977, oh. uh, won the Oscar uh, for it. And so Paul Hirsch came on to talk about editing, but all, you know, and telling some of the stories about Star Wars and 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 how he got involved in it and and stuff. So it was, it's just been. We still pinch ourselves that we even get a chance to do some of the stuff that we've gotten to do because of Star Wars. And I gotta so. say, you know, the, That's the Lucasfilm story group when I get a lot of bad publicity or bad talk on Twitter and whatnot, but that is a great story to hear from that. It very like inspiring, almost like he reached out. To, he reached out to you to say keep your eye on this issue of it. He didn't have to say anything. You know, he never no, had to put his name on it or put, you know, none of them had to do anything and they did it. And that was just, uh, it just speaks to their character, I think. Well, and, and, you know, think about it from their side of it, because this has happened since Turbis actually showed up in that comic and the announcement happened and everything. We've been inundated as a podcast 
with people trying to get things made like officially named in Star Wars or this thing added or that thing added or that kind of stuff. And they're like, can you help us? And we're just a stupid little podcast that has no authority whatsoever. And so, you know, one of the things that, that Matt and, and, and us talked about on the on the episode was this is a one-off thing. This is never this has never happened in the history of Disney Can. Now that used to happen like crazy in the Legends era. They had like a yeah. a thing on StarWars.com where people would could submit names for things with it. And Matt actually ran that. I found out for oh, a while cool. when he was working with that um, and and stuff. But but in the Disney era, this has never happened. Where, where they they're so tight on trying to control the the canon and the narrative and and everything that they just don't do this and it's never going to happen again is what that said and so for all of us to for us to have been a part of that um is is just amazing and we've we were really careful to tell people please don't you know like there's the make solo two happen uh movement which we're a hundred percent behind we think that would be an awesome thing to have happen it's one thing to tweet out that hashtag make solo two happen it's another thing to sort of inundate the cast and the producers and the directors and all of this trying to get them to come on board. Um, one of the things we had to be really careful of with Make Turbis Cannon was that we weren't like tagging Ryan and tagging Matt and Pablo and, and all of these people on things. You let it happen naturally. You let it get yeah, to them I mean, naturally. It was, yeah. it was never gonna happen if we if we yeah. if we pestered them. Exactly. It was more of they kept hearing about the hashtags. So. so what you're saying is I've come to the wrong person to try to get to make James <laughs> Cannon in Star Wars. So <laughs> this is over. We're shutting it down. <laughs> I basically had to make a promise uh, to Matt uh, that that would not be something we would ever be a part of again. <laughs> it was so funny. We did get a chance uh, to go to Lucasfilm um, in November last year. So uh, Matt was so gracious when we met him at Comic-Con. Uh, he's like, hey, if you're ever up in uh, in San Francisco, let me know in advance if you can. And if I'm available, maybe I can take you and let, let you see Lucasville. And so we we decided to move back from California to Colorado. And we like literally made a special trip to San Francisco <laughs> uh, so we could say we were in the area. Yeah. Um, uh, we were going to be in the area at least. And so we did that. And uh, while we were up there, there's a funny story with that. Um we were walking through the offices with Matt. He was touring us, and we were standing outside one of the big, famous Matt paintings from uh, *Empire Strikes Back*. It's Hoth, and the backdrop, uh, the famous Matt backdrop. Um, and we're standing there, and he's explaining that this was the actual backdrop for the movie and all this stuff. It was so cool. And this guy walks by, and I know immediately who it is because I'm on Twitter constantly. Sam and Nathan have no clue. Uh, who this guy is and he's walking by and he sees matt and uh, he says hey matt and matt's like hey leland uh, and it was leland chi <laughs> uh, the key, holocron keeper on twitter yeah. and, uh, and i go hey leland like that just you know like, <laughs> why not right yeah just say it with confidence i'm like hey leland and he stops and he turns around and he comes up and he shakes my hand and we start having this conversation. And I could tell immediately that he's the kind of guy that has so many people that think he knows them that he acts like he knows everybody, right? So he doesn't offend anybody. So we're having this conversation like we're old buddies at this point, which my kids think this is the coolest thing on the yeah. planet. Because they're like, who are you talking to? I'm like, and so we start having this conversation. He's like, tell me again how we met, right? That's what Leland says. I'm like, well, we, we technically <laughs> 
I'm like on Twitter. And then he gets this look on his face like, oh, my God, I just stepped in it. And I'm sitting there thinking, I just stepped <laughs> in it. And we're wearing our Make Turbis Cannon t-shirts all throughout Lucasfilm. Um, and uh, Matt goes, oh, these are the Turbis guys. And Leland goes, oh, those guys. Like that. <laughs> so, I'm like, holy cow, what was the conversation? So it was so funny. Last Christmas, we sent him a mug, a Make Turbis Cannon mug. Um, explaining, we want no royalties. We want no, no, nothing like this. If you could just make it canon, we think that was awesome. Like releasing them of any responsibility to pay us. Anything. <laughs> it was so, it's so stupid and so fun at the same time. That's, but anyway, that's awesome. Yeah. And now, hashtag Turbus is canon. Hashtag Turbus is canon. Yeah, like you yeah. said, you had to change all your merchandise. You got a, a lot of refunds. Did you like, um, you know, like when. I don't know, like hockey players get traded. Sometimes you could bring in the jersey and they're like, we'll give you the new number of football players and stuff. Did you do that with your Turbis t- t-shirts? <laughs> <laughs> We've still got like 2,000 stickers. I'm looking at them. <laughs> Those so are collector's like, items now. Oh, Put them on eBay. That's right. We're like limited edition. We're not printing any further <laughs> uh, ones. You get them on, by, by supporting us on Patreon. No, um, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was, it was, it's been super fun. Um, uh, to see the whole thing happen. So we never really thought even when the comic, when Matt told us about the comic coming out, we didn't even understand um, the extent of how much he was actually going to be a, a central character it's... in these comics. He's, he's like right there with Chewbacca the whole time. Yeah. Um, he's, and they've mentioned him again in, since both other issues have come out. He's been mentioned on starwars.com a couple of times. Um, so we're we're having a blast with it. And now he's in the Rise of Skywalker. We think so. Yeah. That tur- that port's got to be because 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 it's got to be Beaumont. So anyway, we'll talk about that another time. That's, that's not, so uh, uh, solo. Obviously, you want to see make solo two happen. Uh, did you see that opening night? How many times did you see that in the theater? Uh, we saw that eight times. Wow. In the theater, it was my oldest son's seventeenth uh, birthday party. Um, so we, we took him and about, I don't know, eight or 10 other kids, um, with it, um, that earlier that day I had gone on Twitter and did sort of a, uh, can I get a birthday shout out, uh, campaign from, of course, like everybody does, Mark Hamill. Um, uh, let's see, I did, uh, Ahmed best because I thought that would be fun to get Jar Jar Binks to say happy birthday to him. Um, we had had, we, we were big fans of Steven Stanton had actually, um, interacted with our show a couple of times on Twitter, um, and talked about the, some of the episodes, like he had listened to him, which was blowing our mind. He actually was our guest on our 50th episode, our one year anniversary. Um, so that was pretty cool. But, uh, before that he, he gave Sam a birthday shout out. And then that night, after he ate, we ate the, we had our, his birthday party at the house and we watched twin sons, uh, because that's our favorite rebels episode with all of his friends, uh, which of course is Kenobi and Maul, uh, the end of Maul's life in that. And while we're watching it, Stephen Stanton had already wished him a happy birthday before that, uh, earlier in the day, while we're watching twin sons, I get a tweet notification that Sam Whitmer had, uh, is wishing Sam a happy birthday. And so I stopped the video and I'm telling everybody, Darth Maul, that guy right there, that guy, he's wishing Sam a birthday, happy birthday right now. And then we go see Solo <laughs> and we get to the end and Maul show, and we picked, and Sam picked it up before we saw Maul. 
he picked it up off the voice yeah. um, immediately. And he like, he's sitting like six seats down from me and we're on the very front row of the movie theater. And he leans forward. He's like, dad, that's Sam like that. And, and then it's mall and we're freaking out. So that after the movie's over, I go to, I reply to Sam again. Um, and I'm like, Sam, did you know? Cause we had told everybody we were going to go see mall that night. I'm like, did you know we were going to freak out about that at the end? He's like, yeah, I had a feeling you probably would. <laughs> with that so uh yeah love solo yeah. uh with it um uh, it's different it's yeah. it's it's classic fan service and it's exactly as it should be it, it feels like you know what i and i love solo um uh, but it does feel like uh like a, a novel you know more like a, an extended universe type thing and it feels like um it will have a great home on disney plus that's how I feel. I love so. Yeah. I would go see more solos in the theater. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like when you watch Mandalorian, especially, you're like, yeah, this is solo belongs here. I think this is a good spot. Bring for in us. some Maul. Bring in some Kira. Um, so that much. kind of stuff. That, yeah, I mean, I always project. You know, when we we were doing the show, of course, when when Solo came out, and our speculation afterwards was that the next of the series, if they did another one, would really be focusing on Han and 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 Kira and Crimson Dawn, um, on Tatooine, probably in some type of a rivalry with the Hut Cartel, maybe throw in some Boba Fett um, with that, potentially setting up where. Kenobi has to come into the middle and he's on Tatooine. I, th- I think that would have been uh, an amazing way. To I always thought it, so. those spinoffs, they should have had a th- like little threads that pieced them all together, yeah. you know, like not totally connected, but exactly like Obi-Wan could be associated with that Boba Fett in there and then Rogue One somehow. But that's how I always thought. But well, I guess we'll never find out if that was ever going to be a plan, but well, I think it still could possibly happen. Disney so. Plus is amazing. Actually, let's go on to Disney Plus because you were in Chicago. You got – you, because you're a shill, you got into all the the main. Absolutely, yeah. we got into everything we wanted. Yeah, to, I so. actually heard you were you actually sat beside John Favreau on the Mandalorian stage. That's what I. <laughs> Maybe that's a little bit <laughs> of an exaggeration. But you were obviously yeah. in there, so you watched yeah. that footage that uh, nobody watched online illegally. Which I, by the way, did you get the sense that Favreau was kind of like, oh, I wish everybody could watch? Because at the end, he's yes. like, oh, I forgot to say no cell phones. And the footage exactly. just, quote unquote, leaked out like immediately. Like, OK, sure. Well, we were we were sitting right behind the entire crew from Collider. So you had Christian Harlock, Ken Knapsack, jo- uh, Joseph Scrimshaw was with um, a bunch of them. Uh, Mark Riley. Uh, they were all sitting there. We were sitting like right behind them. And it was so funny because they're on their phones like tweeting stuff not yeah. like videotaping it but then the lights go down and and they got they got into like a, a like an argument with the security because they were just trying to tweet stuff out and security was like put your phones away <laughs> it was nuts um with it um but yeah i think that favreau sort of wanted it to get out he's um, so excited I'm glad, it did, I'm glad it didn't because it wasn't nearly the same level of production quality yeah. that the main that the real series is and i think it would have it could have created some sort of real negative uh, uh, press for it. So absolutely, and I also I've I've said this before is I've been to Star Wars Celebration in Orlando, and I wasn't in the one in Anaheim or in Europe or in I didn't I wasn't able to go to in Chicago. But I do feel as someone who has been there and not been there that for the people who spend their hard earned money, take time off of work to travel to these things, 
I'm okay with them getting something that I can't get at home. I, you know, I can stream everything, but sometimes it's like, yeah, it's nice to, especially if they're not going to give you a nice, beautiful poster like that. It's nice to, to give those people, <laughs> but you know, like it's not cheap going to these things. It's not cheap. And you're taking no. extra time off of work because Chicago was five days. So it's, you know, it, yeah. I, I think it's okay. You know, shut us down for a little bit, put us in the dark for a minute or whatever. We're going to see it in a few months anyway. And that, that was my, my perspective on it. Who did watch the stream live? And I was like, Oh, Oh, but I, I understood it and I was okay with it. So, but you knew that there was going to be uh, an asset that he was going after a puck, whatever, whatever it was referred to at the time. Did you have any suspicions as no. to what it was? Not, not in the, in the foggiest, uh, baby Yoda blew our minds like he's blown everybody else's minds um, with it. I can't wait to see uh, where this goes. I have, I've got, we've got some crazy theories. We talk about them on our, our Mandalorian episode because it's, uh, we try to keep that pretty sport. Our main show spoiler yeah. free because we've got people all over the world, but that one's like all on spoilers. Uh, we've got some crazy theories that tie into all the way to the clone wars and forward into rise of Skywalker. And, and uh, it'd be fun to see how it all plays out. Yeah. I can't wait. We, we are spoiler alert. We're recording this a little bit earlier than people are listening and watching it. So let's just talk about the very first episode of the Mandalorian. Did you saw a little bit, obviously, like I said, just you and your family's initial, just obviously you really liked it, but was it as dark and gritty as you thought? Was it as funny as you thought? Like, was it everything you wanted it to be or something else? That's good. Um, by this, what they had had hoped uh, it would be, it succeeded it um, massively. I'm still, I'm a longer story uh, kind of person. I want to see where things are going to go, and so um, seeing it in this sort of episodic fashion uh, like this um, have cre- has created a little bit of. Um, I, I'm impatient at times. <laughs> I want to know where things are going. Um, but as far as just the general Star Wars feel, the look, the cinematography, I know some people have criticized the score. Um, I've heard uh, Ludwig Göransson talk about the fact that you know he looks up to John Williams so much that he actually intentionally went away from John Williams' style uh, because he didn't feel like he would be it would be fair to duplicate it yes. um, in in a in a in a series like this. And I think it's it's actually worked out really well. Um, I, I've started now that we are a few episodes in, um, and you start to see that each episode, while it builds on another, it is one story, mm-hmm. um, playing itself out. Um, I'm excited to see where it's going to go. I, I love it. I love the Mandalorian and I love where it's going to, what it tells me like the episode with Deborah, that Deborah Chow directed, um, you know, her having, uh, you know, received the opportunity to direct the, the Kenobi series. Uh, that's, that makes me extremely excited. Um, so yeah, that's, I'm pumped. Yeah. I, I love the music for it personally. I do. I think, you know, he does stray away from John Williams enough, but it's also a different, I'm okay with that because of the tone of, of the movie itself. It still feels very, like star, you're watching a star Wars show. Uh, but, but the music is, I don't know. I, I, I downloaded it on uh, I like on it. Apple yeah. Music. Yeah, I really I really like it, and if it suits the the atmosphere of the show, is what I'm trying that's to say. Uh, so that's your Star Wars story. That's my Star Wars story. What's yours? Okay, that's uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks a lot for joining us. Why well, don't you tell everybody? Uh, obviously, they know about your podcast, uh, but say a little bit about it, and then tell them about your Patreon page that they can go check out. 
awesome. So uh, easiest way to find our regular stuff is Tatooine Sons, S-O-N-S uh, dot com. Little play on words there. You can find everything that we're doing um, on that page. And then our Patreon page is, is real simple as well. Patreon.com backslash Tatooine Sons. Um, we try to build a little bit of a community around that. Um, our goal with our Patreon page is to try to take some of the online content and conversation offline. Um, we are really in 2020 uh, looking at putting together offline events uh, here in our community for Star Wars fans to get together uh, because what we have experienced at Celebration, at Triple Force Friday, at Comic-Cons and such is that when we actually are looking each other eye to eye and talking Star Wars, that some of the silliness that happens online um, with the name calling and and all that stuff, it just doesn't happen. And you can actually have a conversation about things that you disagree about. Um, it happened, we did, we did the Fallen Order um, uh, release at GameStop and you know there's about 50 people there. One of them was a, a just a complete Last Jedi hater. Uh-huh. And, bef- and before uh, the show, he and I spent probably 15, 20 minutes talking about The Last Jedi. And he's he's rehashing some of the stuff that you've always heard about The Last Jedi. And I'm sure I'm saying things that he's heard a thousand times about why it's good. And and uh, there was moments of some tension uh, in the conversation, but everybody was trying to be cordial and have a conversation about it. I was really disappointed because we got ready to start the show, our, our live show, and, he, and it was about 10 minutes before and he left. And I thought maybe he had gotten really, really offended. Um, by our conversation and I was disappointed because that's really the goal of these is to is to have offline events and uh, right as our show was starting he came back he had to go take care of something uh, he came back he was there for the whole show he came up to me afterwards and he he says I get really passionate about this Star Wars stuff just like I can tell you do he says and if I said anything that was offensive I apologize he says but I really do appreciate being able to have that conversation with you and then he's like we're doing a, a big release for, for Rise of Skywalker and some other stuff and he's talked about coming to those he joined our mailing list and stuff that's what I think is going to help a lot if we can get his fans start having those conversations eye to eye that's what we're trying to do so. yeah that's awesome and that's how it should be these are just movies like you said I don't know I think it was before we started questions. these are movies they're just fun let's go have right. a good time you don't Exactly. Like it, you don't like it, that's fine. You like it, that's great too. Uh, but there's no reason why we can't all just talk about them as civilized beings on this planet. Yeah, it hasn't ruined anyone's childhood as far as I know. All right, David, thanks so much for joining me here on the Thank LM. You. Awesome hearing your Star Wars story. Hopefully, we could do something else in the future. Definitely. Thanks for listening to my conversation with David Jesse from Tatooine Sons. Check out that podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, all over Apple, all over Google, wherever. You listen to it, it's there. Also, check them out on Patreon. They are over on the Patreon. Check us out on Patreon as well. Thanks for listening, everyone. Music by John Norris. I'm James Gillet. And as always, may the force of others be with you. Yippee!